welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Do you love chocolate? Because I love chocolate. But chocolate usually is full of sugar. And chocolate triggers my lizard brain and my binge behavior, so I don't eat chocolate regularly. But I found a solution for us. It's called Gatsby chocolate. Gatsby, G-A-T-S-B-Y, like the great Gatsby. It's a company that has made amazing, delicious chocolate products using allulose to sweeten. So their chocolate has five grams of net carbs per serving, only five grams of sugar per serving, and is 70 calories per serving. Delicious. They have chocolate bars, giant chocolate bars that ends up being three servings. So 210 calories for a giant chocolate bar if you want to eat the whole thing. I always add up the whole thing because let's just call a spade a spade. I'm going to eat the whole thing. But they have flavors like dark chocolate sea salt, dark chocolate almond, white chocolate cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite. And then they have these little milk chocolate gems. They're like M&Ms, except they're cuter. They're pink and purple and green. And they are milk chocolate in 70 calories for a whole bag. It's a giant handful of a treat, 70 calories. So you can make that fit your macros and your calories so easily. They also have dark chocolate peanut butter cups and milk chocolate peanut butter cups. Their products are so delicious, super low calorie. And guess what? I have a discount for you that's 50% off. 50% off your order. If you use my code Kristen50, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-5-0, gets you 50% off at gatsbychocolate.com. Go on their website, look at all their products. They sell out quickly and often on a lot of their products. So go back if they are sold out, keep checking back. But right now they have all the chocolate bars in stock, but hurry, this discount code is amazing. Kristen 50 gets you 50% off and you'll be able to satisfy your sweet truth, your chocolate craving, and not ruin your macros or your calorie bucket for the day. Take a look at their products. You're going to love them. Free shipping as well. Temperature controlled shipping. So in the summertime, it's going to get to you without being melty. I throw mine in the freezer anyway, because they're also really delicious frozen. So check them out. GatsbyChocolate.com. Use my code Kristen 50. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. I am so excited to tell you all about my recent trip to Minnesota because so many of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you have heard the trajectory of my relationship with my family and my history of my life for the whole time I've been doing this podcast. And so to go back to Minnesota for a few days and have the experience that I just had, um, it's amazing. So for those of you who haven't been listening forever and don't know all of the backstory, um, I'm from Minnesota and I moved to Miami and um, I don't see my family a whole lot anymore because I moved across the country. Um, but there's been a lot of history in my family. I was raised in a religious cult and left the cult. And um, when I moved away from Minnesota, I was in a little bit of a, a difficult um, kind of precarious relationship with some of my family members. You know, my mom, we've all held my mom's feet to the fire, all of us kids, our whole life for the fact that we were raised in a cult. Um, I've been very, very honest in this podcast from the beginning about my feelings about the cult and about how we were raised. Um, and then I've had, you know, ups and downs with my family. My sister and I have had um, a long period of not being close after, you know, our whole lives being very close. And so there, there's just been a, a lot of, a lot of um, not happy, not perfectly lovely family dynamics. And um, I've done episodes, complete episodes about my sister, um, how much I love my sister and how difficult it's been being estranged from my sister. Um, we spent a couple of years not really able to have a relationship, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of believing the worst about each other, listening to what other people were saying and taking it at face value and not having each other's backs. And we would try, we would apologize and try to start over but then it didn't really stick. It wasn't perfectly sincere or we weren't perfectly willing or I don't really know how to define it, but it it just, we tried, we'd zoom in and try to start over and then it wouldn't work. And um, it just resulted in several years of 
us not speaking and not being close and not sharing our lives. Um, and it was one of the, one of the most agonizing, painful feelings. I would think about my sister and my soul would just make this guttural cry. Um, I would talk about sisters. Um, we had a set of sisters that would work out at the boot camp and I'd see them together and, um, it was, it gave me so much joy. And then it just gave me such this, this like heart pang. My soul would just, would honestly make an audible sound of sadness because I miss my sister so much. And, um, finally, after a lot of time, um, there's been a lot of healing in my family. This last, um, winter, um, I had a, a breathwork session with my friend Mandy, who does breathwork. And I thought about my sister in this session and really tried to access my heart and soul. And I asked that question of my heart and soul, what do I do about my sister? What do I do about the fact that she's not here? What do I do about this? I can't handle this continual ache in my heart over this. And the answer came in a little vision. I had this, this, this little movie that played in my head of my mom in the hospital room and the doctor handing her me as a baby, brand new baby. And this, this feeling of, you know, go back to the love of that moment. And I saw in that moment, my sister, who would have been not quite two years old, toddle over, look at me for the first time, and kiss my cheek. And it was such a powerful picture in my head that when I came back out of that breathwork session, I felt something on my cheek. I felt something, I kept touching my face all day long because I felt it. It was so powerful from my soul into my body. And I started to really focus on that. And this idea that, you know, my sister loves me. The love that was there when I was first born and we first met, it didn't die because love doesn't die. It doesn't end. Love is love and it's the most powerful thing and it's all there is. And so I started to focus on that. And when I would think about my sister, I would think about how much she loves me. And I would think about all the times that she rescued me in my adult life. She was there for me. When my first husband was awful and I didn't know how to stand up for myself, she stood up for me. When I didn't have money, she took me shopping and bought me clothes so I had things to wear. She always was my hero and my champion because she loves me. And so no matter what the misunderstandings have been in all of the circumstances, yes, they happened, but that love has always been there. And I started to focus on that and it changed me. You know, I felt offended and I felt wronged and I had to put boundaries up because of the behaviors between the two of us. But my role in that was that I was unforgiving. I was willing, unwilling to look at my sister as someone who loved me and that was doing her best and that had her own protective reasons in place and the things that she was experiencing. I was standing up for myself so much that I was standing against letting the love flow. And I needed to own that because that's just as egregious as intentionally hurting somebody to block that love flow, to be stubborn, to be so right in my principle that I was unwilling to even think of her in a loving way. And when that changed, my love for her grew and blossomed and I focused on the love because that is what's real. Circumstances are just things that happen. They are things that that are a story and we start operating from the emotions that flow from the story. Oh, you didn't believe in me. You you said something about me that wasn't true and then I believed it and they said it and they repeated it. And now we're stuck in the story of all these things people did or didn't do and the love is forgotten, ignored and totally and completely not present in the dialogue, in the thoughts. It's not there. And that's wrong because the love is there. And we just have to decide we're going to focus on that. So when my heart changed to that degree and I was able to do that, my heart stopped wanting reconciliation, apologies, and, and, and things to be right. My heart just started wanting my sister. At all costs, at any cost. I don't care. What do I need to say or do? Anything. My ego became completely irrelevant and the love in my heart one. And when I saw her in person in January, I, I looked her in the eye and I said, 
I'm sorry. I love you. And she looked at me in the eye. And I don't know what had been going on in her life, but in that moment, she was also ready to just turn the page. And she said, I'm sorry too. I love you. And from that moment on, I have my sister back. And the love has just flowed. And we talk and we Marco Polo. And I feel like no time has passed. And I feel like the love between my heart and my sister is the brightest, the biggest, the most powerful that it's ever been. I've always loved her and I've always just looked up to her so much. My sister is the most magnificent woman. She would give the shirt off her back to anybody. She invests in people. She bankrupts her time, energy, and self constantly for others. She loves. She is amazing. And that's my sister. And she's back in my life. And I am... It's a miracle and it's the most happy fact that I could possibly tell you about my life is that my sister and I um, are close and that we're, we're, I have my sister back. And she came and visited this, um, this winter with her new boyfriend and um, saw my, my world. She'd been here last winter as well, but it was different. It was really stressful and we were not like on good terms and it was just the whole thing gave me so much anxiety and, you know, things were not flowing. And this time she was here and it was just so much love. And so it's, it's just gleeful. And the relationship with my mom as well. I did a whole podcast about kind of coming back to this place with my mom where I continued to go back to that love moment. Again, I have spent time after time closing my eyes and visualizing being a baby and being handed to my mom and soaking in the emotion and the love that was there in that moment when I was handed to my mom. That is the purest, most perfect love. She didn't know a thing about me, and she didn't need to. She loved me. I didn't know a thing about her. I didn't need to. She was my mommy. And all of the things in life that have happened in the last 44 years between that moment and now, they're just things. They're just actions and circumstances. They are stories but that love is real. And when I was able to reconnect with that, again, with my mom, it was this idea of how long am I going to punish my mom for the things that she did that I don't think served me or whatever you want to call it? How long am I going to punish my loving, wonderful, beautiful mother for the past? She has grown and changed. I have grown and changed. She loves me. She action verb loves me. She loves on me. She is there for me. She is everything that a mother could ever possibly be. And I'm going to punish her for how much longer? Another year? 10? 50? Never? How, how much time does somebody have to be punished for past mistakes when they were doing? My mom was doing her best. My mom was doing her best. Period. We all are doing our, our best. And so having that healing with my mom has been life-changing for me because I think about my my home and my mom and my family and my heart swells and I just want my mommy and I want my family and it's just it's changed me it's given me joy and it's given her joy and that feeling of love has has spilled over into my whole family so it's been healing and it's been redemptive and so to go back to Minnesota this past week my niece my sister's daughter Sam she got married last October she eloped And we had a wedding celebration in Minnesota this past weekend for her and her husband, Ross. And so very excited to go home and be a part of that. And um, I brought Roy, my boyfriend, with, and we showed up in Minnesota. And my sister, I stayed with my sister. Like, this is like, I'd go to Minnesota and not even see my family. We'll for sure never see my sister. This time, my sister, like, rearranged her upstairs room, created a guest room, bought a bed, set up an entire room so that I could stay with my sister. Happily, she was excited to have us. I was excited to be there. So, I mean, this is the level of change that has happened so quickly. Just more proof that love is the most powerful thing ever. We went from not speaking to me staying in her house with total and complete loving happiness. Um, so we got into Minnesota. First, Roy and I went to New York. We, um, we flew JetBlue, which by the way, JetBlue is amazing. I never flew JetBlue until last fall when I had to fly from Miami to New York. And that's like a, one of the cheaper 
airlines that flies a route. And um, their planes are huge. Their legroom is huge. Their bathrooms are huge. They're an amazing airline. I had no idea they existed, and they're, like, the best. So I had a billion JetBlue um, points. And so to fly from Minneapolis or Miami to Minneapolis, there's a long layover in New York. So I was like, I love New York. I go every summer to run in Central Park, like Phoebe from Friends. And Roy has never been to New York, and he was coming with me on this trip. So that like, let's actually intentionally lay over in New York. Let's go to New York. It's a direct flight. And then we'll go from New York to Minneapolis, which is a direct flight. And we'll get to use all of these points that have got piled up. So it was great. It's free. I like free. So we flew to New York. We had a couple of days there, which was awesome. Um, New York is amazing. We got in and it was a beautiful day. We did a ton of walking. Um, we did all the highlights. We did um, the vessel we walked the High Line, which was a, one of the highlights for both of us. It was a beautiful day. There was beautiful trees budding, and the air was flowing, and felt like we were on top of the world. It was like those moments are just burned in my mind. Um, we walked the West Village. We had lunch outside at this cute little restaurant in the West Village, um, and we went to the 9-11 Memorial, which was um, beautiful and poignant and tragic um and spent some time there we went to the new york stock exchange we saw the bull we rode the staten island ferry across and back which is free but you get to see the statue of liberty so it's the best way to see the statue of liberty because you don't have to like pay money and you don't have to like take all the time to go tour it which i mean i like to see stuff i don't really necessarily want to go up into it and take a tour i just don't like doing that stuff so staten island staten island ferry is free you hop on you ride it across you see the water you see new jersey you see the manhattan skyline you see the statue of liberty and then you get off get right back on come back and you get to relax and it was beautiful then we took the subway which was so fun uh we took the subway back to our hotel in times square um, and then the next day we did more sightseeing. We went to the Empire State Building, which we did go up inside because we wanted to go up into one of the buildings. And so we had to decide between Freedom Tower or Empire State Building. So we went for the OG classic New York, um, Empire State Building. And that was just beautiful. And, um, the view is amazing. Obviously Minneapolis downtown is like four big buildings. And so to see New York city, just miles and miles of like all of these buildings it's just crazy when you come from a small place it cannot be underlined enough that new york is epic it's just it's something that i think if you've obviously if you've been there your whole life it just is what it is it's not it doesn't have the same it doesn't hit the same way um it it blows my mind it's the coolest thing ever new york is the coolest thing ever i love it so much it's i just i cannot believe that i that I've gotten to go there at all, much less multiple times. So um, Empire State Building, it was really, really cool. Then we just walked around. We did um, walk through Rockefeller Center, St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is just, oh my gosh. St. Patrick's Cathedral is so stunning, beautiful. Um, It just takes my breath away, some of the things that human beings have put together um, as places of worship. I think they're just magnificent. So we spent some time there. Then we got to go to um, Central Park. I got to do my annual run. I like to just run down the street in Central Park and run like Phoebe from that one episode of Friends where she runs like crazy, Um, which embodies like one of my philosophies of life is that, you know, we should be silly and fancy free. It's way more fun that way. So um, some beautiful street performers and people singing under the bridge near Bethesda Fountain in New York City. It was beautiful. Um... And one of the best parts of the trip, Tamar, who has been coming to boot camp here in Miami, um, she was here for a couple of months from New York, and she went back home. And when she found out that we were going to be in New York, she was so excited and asked to take us out. So her and her husband, C, took Roy and I to Michael Jackson, the musical. And it was such a treat. They got us the most amazing seats, center, like Boom, orchestra seats right in the center. And the show was absolutely amazing. Roy is like an insane Michael Jackson fan. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. And the music was just spectacular. The actors who played the young Michael, um, there's three actors who played Michael at different ages in his life. And they were absolutely just 
so talented and it was such a highlight. It was just, it, it was goosebumps and just, it was, there was magic in that theater. It was amazing. So that was a huge highlight of our trip and such a treat from Tamar and see, um, it just I was sitting there thinking, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot, right? I'm not a, I'm not a wealthy person. I'm just starting over. Don't have a lot of resources. And, you know, obviously the tickets to a Broadway show, they're not, it's not like you have to be a billionaire to afford them, but they're not cheap. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm sitting in this amazing seat in this theater and I could afford to buy my ticket, but love bought this ticket. My relationship with this woman who came to Miami Beach started when she found our boot camp and she said to me after class, do you know where I can rent a bike? Um, I said, well, you can rent the little nice ride bikes, but um, you know, how long do you need a bike? She's like, well, I'm here a month or two. I just I want to buy a bike and then maybe you just sell it when I leave. I said, well, I have two bikes I don't really use. Do you just want to borrow one of mine? I'm not using it. It would actually help me because it's sitting in my living room. So I'm happy to lend it to you. And she just kind of stared at me like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? I have a bike. You need a bike. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? You steal my bike? I mean, it's not being used anyway, and I don't think you're going to steal my bike. And if you break my bike, I'm pretty sure you'd fix my bike. So I have nothing to lose here, and you get to use a bike, and I get to be happy knowing that my thing is being used. I hate that things are, I own things that are sitting here not being used. It drives me crazy. It's one of the things in life that bothers me the most. Like right now, my car is sitting in the garage and it rarely gets used. It's just such a sad waste. So she borrowed my bike and she just continued to stare at me with this stunned look like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> but that meant something to her, which it meant a lot to me. I got to be of service. It's like, the, you know, and it, that cost me nothing. Why wouldn't I do that? Well, it meant a lot to her. And she came to boot camp and she really loved the classes and she loved the little words of wisdom that I try to offer. And I made an impact on her life, which is all I want to freaking do. All I care about in my life is that I use my heart to do something for other people's hearts. What else is there? What other reason is there for my heart to be on this planet than to make an impact on other people? And I did that with a bicycle and my boot camp. And so I'm sitting there in the theater next to this beautiful soul, this wonderful woman and her husband who is just also so sweet. And next to me, this wonderful man that is now my boyfriend that just the universe dropped in my lap at this musical in New York City. And I just thought, I am the wealthiest person that I know. I have so much love. Love put me in this seat, in this moment. Other people got their seats using cash and resources they have. I got this seat using the resource that I have, which is just love and me. And it was this reminder that I just need to keep showing up as me. And the universe is giving me the most beautiful life. I just, it overwhelmed me. And this, the love, I have a hard time receiving gifts from people. I have a hard time taking nice things. It's really hard for me. But there are certain people in the way that they do it, it's so genuine and so loving that it feels so good. And that is Tamar. That's her heart. It felt so good to see her, to be next to her, and to feel and receive that love. Um, it was just, it was a huge highlight. It was a huge highlight of my year, of my life, honestly. I just zoomed out in that moment and saw exactly what was happening. And it was so much more than a Broadway musical with four people in those four seats. It was so powerful. So I'm so grateful. It was such a, such a gift to my heart. So that was a big highlight and we just, we just loved New York. Um, it was a little tough with me with, I'm on prep for my bodybuilding show. I'm 36 days out as of today. And, um, I needed to lose weight on this trip and it was tough in New York city. There's, there's food everywhere. Plus we were walking so much. So I was hungry and it was a matter of managing my hunger, you know, making sure I was fed, making sure I got my protein in. I wasn't able to lift every single day. Like I normally do. Um, I got one good lift in at the hotel. Um, but you know, it, it made for me having to be resourceful. So, um, you know, I would go into a deli, get some hard boiled eggs, eat those. That was protein kept me full. My goal was just to not be hungry and not to be tired from lack of food. Um, and then also to be able to sit down and, and feed myself. So, um, breakfast, I had egg whites and eggs in, um, 
coffee. I ate a, I ate a lot of eggs. Um, street vendors, there was a lot of street vendors that had skewered grilled chicken. So that was great. So I'd have these chicken skewers. Um, I just tried to eat a lot of protein so that I was full and I knew that I wasn't going crazy with calories, even though some things like I couldn't really log them and know that they were perfect. Um, but I ate a lot of grilled chicken skewers from street vendors. Um, I got some Chobani zero sugar yogurt at a grocery store, um, some bags of carrots to snack on. In the hotel room, I made some um, protein shakes. It was funny. I had brought this protein, vegan protein powder that I mixed with some sugar-free pudding mix and almond milk, and it makes this really yummy protein cookie dough. So I brought the dry ingredients, and so I was going to mix it up and eat that, and there was no spoon. So I had to use the scoop from the ice bucket to mix up my protein cookie dough in a little plastic cup. And then I didn't realize there was housekeeping because in COVID, most of the time when I've stayed in a hotel, they don't have housekeeping. But we came back the next day and housekeeping had come. And I was like, oh my gosh, they had to wash the ice cream scoop off. I was going to, or the ice scoop, I was going to wash it myself um, and get that protein cookie dough off of it. But the poor housekeeping people had to clean it. I felt so bad. Anyway, I digress. So I managed to do really well. I feel like I lost weight while I was in New York. Um, just ate a lot of salad um, at restaurants with protein. And then I did have a few bites of things like Roy would get a burger and he couldn't finish it. So I'd eat the protein. So I made sure that there was no protein left on a plate. Um, and, you know, it's it's tough. There's ice cream trucks. I did say that I could have an ice cream cone if I really, really wanted it because they have these ice cream cones where it's like you hold the little stem of the ice cream cone, but it splits off into two cups. You can have two different like cups on one it's hard to explain but they're so cute and I would get one dipped in cherry and one dipped in sprinkles when I would normally go to New York so I said you know if I if I get extra workouts in and lots of activity and I'm really good if I want one I can have one well I didn't end up wanting one because ultimately they make me feel sick and I'm not supposed to have sugar and treats this year so I didn't do it so I was really proud of myself for that um, but you know, there's lots of food everywhere. There's pizza everywhere. Roy ate a lot of the 99 cent slices of pizza cause he likes pizza. And to just say, no, I can come back to New York any other time and have pizza. I can have pizza anywhere. I can have a hot dog anywhere. There's nothing that is going to be presented to me that I can never have again. And so I used that mantra a lot. And then when I was really, really hungry, I just made sure that I ate and, um, had a lot of coffee cause I love coffee and, um, and I and I did I did really well. I was really proud of myself. It was tough. It was really really tough, but I did it. And then when we got to Minnesota, then it was also another challenge because we were busy. We were getting ready for the wedding. There was a lot of food around all the time, and it was you know wedding stuff. There's cupcakes. There's treats. My sister's an amazing cook. You know she had lots of yummy foods, but um, I just stuck to protein bars and celery sticks and again hard-boiled eggs and salad and just filled up on veggies and clean protein and um, just made sure that I was choosing things that at least were gonna feed my goals and not just feed me calories so all that to say survived Um, anyway so got to Minnesota Um, It was wonderful. We got in super, super late. And the first thing that I did um, the first morning was to go back to Ramsey, Minnesota, where I lived before I moved to Miami. And I ran a boot camp in the parking lot where Miami Beach boot camp started, unannounced to me. So during COVID, I had started doing boot camps in the park for the community. That's how um, I got started doing what I'm doing now. A bunch of ladies in the community would come out every morning, 5 a.m. and 6 a.m., and I'd run a workout. And so I sent a note, hey, I'm going to be in town. I'd love to bring everybody Miami Beach boot camp gear and run a workout. And so I went there and um, I think there was 12 that came and ran a workout in the park, uh, brought my OG speaker with me. And uh, it was so wonderful to see them and catch up with them and work out with them. And Um, One of the ladies, she said, you know, it's so funny. I just remember the first time working out here, you were really unsure, just saying, you know, this is kind of how I do it. And you're a little tentative. And she's like, now you're here. It's like, you're a totally different person. You're a pro. You're just, this is no big deal. And it is true. I felt that way. I was like running that workout in, in a different way. I, I started there just not, not sure, very tentative, very, inexperienced. I'd never done it before. And now I run boot camps almost every single day. And so coming back there, just, it was so fun. 
And so interesting how we can change our identity by just stepping into something uncomfortable and embracing it. And I didn't intend to do any of this, but it, I said yes to it and it turned into something that's a big part of my identity now. And I'm really good at it and I love it. And um, that was just so fun. So getting to see them, hug on them, give them all Miami Beach boot camp swag. It was 40 degrees. So my fingers were freezing and I was wearing a hoodie. Um, I thought, okay, we're definitely back in Minnesota. Um, But it was wonderful. It was a wonderful way to start the trip. Um, And then um, getting back to see my family in Iowa. Took a road trip down to Iowa, saw my auntie and uncle um, on the farm there. It was wonderful to see them. And then the wedding was on Saturday. And so Friday, it was kind of all hands on deck. My sister was doing all of the work for this wedding. Um, Samantha lives in North Carolina with her husband. So they were coming into town for this wedding for them. And then we had never met any of the groom's family. My sister had never met any of his family. We had no idea who these people were. The kids eloped like last fall. And it was a big shock to the family. Uh, you know, they're young. They're 21 and 25, I think. My niece is 21, almost 22. Um, and it was this big assertion of independence. Like, we're adults and we want to get married, so we're going to get married. And we're going to move to North Carolina. And it was this big, confusing assertion of independence. And it was really, really hard on all of us, honestly. She's the only granddaughter. She's the only, my sister's only child. And, you know, you have... Here's this little baby born. Sam was born in the year 2000. We, you know, we've watched her grow up. My sister got divorced when Sam was three and basically raised her by herself. Um, And, you know, we've all watched this magnificent woman um, blossom. And she went to college, got a college degree. She's brilliant. Um, We all love her. And, of course, you have this idea of, like, someday she'll meet someone and get married. And you always think about the wedding and that's just normal. And so to all of a sudden we're married, it's done. It's like, wait, you just took our dream away from us. You know, it's obviously her life. She can do what she wants, but when something like that happens so abruptly, it's of course there are feelings and there are responses, human response that what, especially her mom, like my sister, my heart just broke uh, for my sister because one daughter, you raise her by yourself and it's kind of the biggest F you you can get from your kid to say, oh, we're married. Tough noogies. It's what we wanted. We do what we want. Um, so really, really, really hard emotionally. Hard on all of us, but my sister the most. It just um, is heartbreaking. And you know, the, the ironic thing is, is my sister did this when she was 16. My sister and her husband, Samantha's dad, they eloped when my sister was 16 and it was just never imagined in a million years that her daughter would do the same thing, especially because the story has been told so many times in my family of the pain and the fallout of what happened when my sister eloped. It broke everyone's heart. And my sister, you know, she did what she did for the reasons that she had, but she now understands the pain of what that did to our mom. And same with me. I got married in terrible circumstances. I hurt my family. So these narratives have been played out in my family and now we've got this next generation and then for her to go and do that, it's like, what? Why is the, you know, she's, it's not a shotgun wedding. There, we, this boy is perfectly fine. There's just no reason except this big, we want to get married, so we're going to do it. And it was just done in this really terrible way. So it was a real big bummer. But it's done, right? She married this nice boy. And so, all right, come back to Minnesota. We're going to have a... A reception so that we can all celebrate you. So at least we can do that. But they're in North Carolina. We've never met his family. We don't know anything about his family. My sister never made a connection with. She's tried to, you know, get to know the groom's mom. Nothing. So they're all rolling into town, and it's kind of like we have no idea what to expect. And so Friday at my sister's house, she had gone and bought all the flowers she could get from the local farmer's markets and Trader Joe's, and we were gonna do all the flowers for this wedding. They had picked a really beautiful venue. It was an old converted, it was a uh, powdered milk factory way back when that had been converted into this beautiful event space. So original brick, um, beautiful wood beam ceilings, and they turned it into this beautiful event space. So 
lovely event space. The space speaks for itself, didn't need decorating, but you know, my sister wanted to make it pretty with flowers and all of these things. And my niece in North Carolina does not care about details. Um, and so just kind of showed up and it was kind of on my sister to throw all of this together, which my sister is magnificent at these things. So, you know, of course she stepped up in a big way. My sister is creative and crafts beautiful everything. So Friday, the plan was to make flower arrangements and um, get everything ready for the wedding on Saturday. This, the wedding was a breakfast wedding, um, 10 a.m. So we were going to have an early morning Saturday, so everything needed to be done Friday. So Roy and I um, set up shop outside. Roy, who has worked in events many, many years of his life, and then now he's a prop stylist. So he you know, creates um, props and sets for photo shoots and things like that. So he knows how to make things look beautiful. So he sits down and starts making floral arrangements. And a bunch of my ladies, my sister's friends, ladies from the, her theater group came to help do flowers. So my mom came and I was there and all these friends were there and we set out this nice lunch and just having this jolly time. Um, creating flowers and getting details worked out. And and Sam and her husband showed up and we got to see them and here they were. And then um, his parents came. And so we got to meet them for the first time and just had this afternoon at my sister's house, putting together flowers, having lunch. Um, my niece had gotten her wedding dress from someone in Ross's family who had found this dress at the Goodwill years ago and just had it. It was $30 and it was beautiful. And she thought somebody will wear this dress and it fit Samantha like a glove. So with the wedding dress there, she tried it on, looked beautiful, tried on the veil. It was just really, really fun to get ready for the wedding um, and everybody there together. My sister was exhausted already. Um, It's just so much to get together, but all hands on deck. It was awesome. So Saturday morning, there was a giant thunderstorm Um, of course. So my sister didn't sleep hardly at all because there was so much to do, but get up, load the car in the pouring rain, all the stuff for all the punch, um, all the flower arrangements, everything. We get to the venue, everything had to be unloaded. Also, there was no elevator and the, uh, the catering people were not allowed to use the indoor staircases because they are like windy. So the food for the wedding was a crepe stand. So this French chef uh, was making crepes, savory and sweet crepes, made to order crepes for everyone, which was awesome. And then there was a coffee cart, an actual coffee cart. It's a company that roasts their own beans and they operate a coffee cart, Edina Coffee Roasters. So these were the two vendors that had to come in and they needed to take all of their equipment, including the coffee cart, up a set of fire escape stairs, two stories tall. So on wet, rained on stairs. So luckily my sister knows somebody who runs a boot camp who is strong and (laughs) happened to be in town and her job was to carry everything up the stairs, which I was happy to do. So we got there and um, started setting up immediately. Roy started working on the flowers, getting them all set up. My mom and sister decorating the tables, turned it into the most beautiful. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. And so I got to help the catering people. It was funny, they pull up. They had just found out the day before this was the situation. Nobody had communicated to this to them. And they pulled up and just looked up the stairs with this look of like, oh my God. And I was like, it's all right, I got you. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of work, but there was enough of us um, to just carry everything up. So we got it all up inside. Everything was fine. Um, the only other problem was it was an old building and the circuits couldn't handle two incredibly powerful crepe uh, machines and a coffee roaster, coffee, espresso, bean, grinder, roaster. So the power went out a couple times, but luckily one of the guests is an engineer and he went in the basement and engineered it all back together so that um, the power came back on. And in the meantime, we had candles. So it was awesome. So I filled up the place. It was beautiful. Um, My sister looked beautiful. I was kind of all hands on deck, my whole family working together, happily, having fun, joyful. I have never seen my family working so can so cohesively. There has never been a time in my life where my family got along so well. It was amazing. Um, my brother hit it off with Roy. They were having fun. My sister's boyfriend is just a doll. He's a peach. 
He was there. Everyone was just having so much fun and laughing through the stressful things, laughing it off. And then, you know, being really supportive and loving of my sister. It was just really hard. It was really, really hard to see the behind the eyes pain um, for my sister. This is just something like, yes, it was a lovely day and everything went well. It was perfect. Um, Even the silly little things like the power going out, you know, those are just, they're not disasters, but they're enough to make good stories. Um, you know, it's hard. This isn't the vision that we had when, that she had for her daughter. And so it's just another, it's another example of how life on life terms, like you, you have an idea of what your future is going to be. And then it doesn't, there's no guarantee it's going to happen that way. And then what do you do? You roll with it. You have to, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And it doesn't mean that there aren't real emotions. Emotions flow from the story. You know, the story is like, I wanted different. I wanted something else. I had a vision for this for me and I don't get to have it. And it's true. When we have kids, we don't get to decide what their future is. They get to make these decisions and decide she did. And so, you know, what do you do? You roll with it. And then you manage the pain of the death of your vision. And you have to. And my sister did it with incredible grace and incredible strength as she always does. And um, there was just a lot of love flowing. That is Gus not showing love for his ball that he is trying to destroy. He gets very angry at his toys. Um, anyway, so it was a beautiful day supporting lots of love, lots of, lots of great photographs, lots of great moments. Um, it was really, really fun to have Roy there. Roy um, hit it off with my family really, really well. Uh, it doesn't hurt that he showed up and, you know, could arrange flowers, could arrange table settings, could steam a wedding dress, <laughs> could help carry things up, flights of fire escape stairs. Um, I don't know what else he did, but he did all the things and it was amazing. Um, so because it was a morning wedding, um, we were done early in the afternoon. We got done with the, the ceremony. They renew their vows Ross's dad gave a beautiful speech. Ross's, or Samantha's dad um, helped them renew the vows, led them in renewing the vows, gave a speech. It was just perfect. It was so lovely. Um, and then we got to clean everything up um, and load everything out, get it all back to my sister's house and relax a little. And then the greatest thing, the Minnesota State Fair is, is amazing. And my family loves the Minnesota State Fair. And my sister, my niece, and I, we've always gone every year, and we just have so many memories of the fair. My, my sister would always go with me. We'd go do certain things. I'd go a day with just my niece. We'd do certain things. We'd go all together, do certain things, and it's just iconic. And the state fair is at the end of August, but this year, they happened to have a summer preview weekend on Memorial Day weekend, the weekend of the wedding. So after the wedding we all got to go to the fair and it, not everything was open, but a lot of the food was open. A lot of the venues were open and the big giant slide, which is iconic was open. So Samantha and her husband went in their wedding clothes. So Sam went to the fair in her wedding dress, went down the slide with her husband and her dad on either side of her. So cool. Lots of photographs, lots of cheering from everybody that was there. They got to share a corn dog and each take a bite of a corn dog, um, chocolate chip cookies that they make fresh at the fair. And it was so much fun to go to the fair in that setting in her wedding dress. And oh, it was so fun. And it was fun to show Roy the fair. The fair is just, it's a big part of the history of my life. And it's a big part of Minnesota culture. It's a big food binge fest. I ate nothing, which when I used to go to the fair, it's 12 days. I used to go, the, the most I've ever gone was I went nine of the 12 days one year, but most of the time, seven to eight days of the fair, I would go for the whole day or at least part of the day and just eat all the stuff because they have so much food. And now a couple of years ago when I went during 75 hard, I didn't eat anything except grilled chicken. And I, it like broke the allure of the, the fair binge. And now like, I didn't even go the next year. And then I moved away and I just, I don't know, I, I broke the, the obsession with food with it. So um, I was proud of myself. Like, it just doesn't have power over me anymore, which is good because I would gain like five to seven pounds during the fair. So anyway, um, it was beautiful. The next day we um, all went to breakfast. My parents, my siblings, and me and Roy, and 
we had just a wonderful recap of the event, really downloaded everything, kind of, you know, got a lot of the emotion out. Again, more support from my sister, more love for my sister. And then just kind of ending with, you know what, the greatest thing is our family is whole. Our family is reconciled. There's so much love flowing. These kids are married. They're set up to have a good life in, in front of them. They're going to be building a coffee business, which I'm really excited for for them. My niece loves coffee. She is obsessed with coffee and she is knowledgeable about coffee to a degree that I defy anybody to touch. And they're going to start a coffee business there, which I'm really excited for. Um, you know, and they're, yeah, they got married, they eloped. It was really, a, it was very painful for all of us. Um, but, you know, that's because we had a story of what we wanted um, for us to experience as a part of her getting married and she chose her own story and that's her right. And so, you know, life goes on. They're married. We celebrated it. We had crepes. We had coffee. They're safely back in North Carolina. They stopped at the farm to see my aunt Donna and my uncle David and my aunt Donna can't really leave the house much anymore. She is disabled. And so my niece wore her wedding dress to see my aunt Donna and spent the day there. And that just delights me so much. That just was just such a great thing for her to do. So um, what a beautiful, awesome time with family. Uh, No matter how it happened, her marriage brought our family together and we got to have this wonderful time. And I'm just so grateful for the reconciliation. It just, you know, the moral of the story is love. Love wins. Love doesn't die. If we can find a way to continually zoom in, continually try again, try again. Can I let my ego go more? Can I focus more on the love? Can I give more? Can I let more go? Can I spin around and stand in their shoes one more time and try to imagine that they, whoever it is that we're upset with, that they were doing their best? Can we try to see it from their side? And can we make amends? If we never give up trying to make it work I believe that the power of love wins, but it requires us to set down our ego. We have to set down the idea that we are right. We have to entertain the idea that we are the villain to the other person. It doesn't mean we are a villain, but sometimes our behaviors, whether we mean it or not, even though we are doing our best, it hurts other people. It creates a narrative for them that is painful. And if we can say, that's possible, I could have been that villain, I am sorry. I didn't mean to, but if that is what I did, then I am sorry. I own it. How can I make this right? Because when we want the love to flow, when we truly want the love to flow and we're willing, then nothing costs us too much. It, it's, it does cost us something to say I'm sorry and to acknowledge that we were wrong and that we hurt someone, especially if we don't even really understand it. But it costs us so little compared to the joy that that comes. My family has all been willing to say, I am sorry, and to accept that we have been villains to each other. But we made a commitment at breakfast on Sunday. Let's, from here on out, have each other's backs. Let's stand together. Let's, at all costs, imagine that if we hear something bad about the other, that the facts have to be wrong because, nope, we're going to give each other the benefit of the doubt every time from here on out. Your sister said this, "Mm, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to choose to believe that that was misinterpreted or misunderstood because I'm going to believe the best about my sister. I'm going to believe that my sister loves me and that she would not hurt me. And I'm going to believe that. And if I really doubt it, I'm going to go to her and say, hey, let's talk about this because I love you and I don't want anything to come between our relationship ever again. It's not worth it. I want my sister next to me in my heart and in my life until I die, period. And nothing is worth ever not having that again. Nothing. My ego can die a hundred billion times. I will say I'm wrong every single day if I need to. And I believe that she will as well. I'm choosing to believe that my family is going to show up with their very best every time and that we're going to give each other the benefit of the doubt every time. And if I hear something to the contrary, I'm not going to believe it, period. And if we can all do that simultaneously, then then love will continue to win. And I'm really, really, really proud of us. It was just beautiful. So the redemptive power of time, it doesn't change any circumstances. It doesn't change the story of the past. All the things that happened in the past happened. 
but we don't have to look at them as the story of the love. We can say all of that happened, but we love each other and we, we fix it and we're here. So back to Miami, super tired. Like I was gone for a whole week. Um, I did no work. I, I had a couple client calls that I, that I still did, but otherwise no work, no boot camp except that one. Um, and uh, I got a lift in with Amanda before I left, which was super fun. It was kind of a garbage lift. I was so tired. Um, but back at it and uh, excited to go back in 36 days for my show um, and spend more time with the family there. So um, that's the recap of the Minnesota, New York trip. For those of you that follow the intricate details of my life, there you have it. That's all I have for you today in this episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this podcast and these episodes that you love. Thank you for sharing them directly with your friends, with your social media. It means the world to me when I see online that you've shared this podcast. The best way for you to share it, honestly, is to send a link directly to somebody that you think would get something out of this podcast. Because saying, hey, I have a podcast for you is great. But sending a link where they just have to click is much more powerful and makes it easier on them. So send them a link. You can do that through iTunes, through Spotify, through Anchor. It's really easy. Also, if you could let me know, I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you learned or what you felt when you were listening to this episode or any of my episodes. You can find me on Instagram. I'm destination underscore begin. Send me a message there or leave a comment. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Leave a five-star review would be so great. Um, And you can also email me, Kristen, at DestinationBegin.com.